This podcast is part of the MyPodcast.com network. Go online right now and get your very own 100% free podcast, MyPodcast.com. aimed at Year 11 GCSE students. This podcast should reinforce your understanding of the music press, which is your exam topic. This work is designed to recap the work we've covered so far on the fanzine. If you remember, we've already talked about readers as journalists. So let's recap fanzines. also described as a fan-written or amateur publication. Most fanzines are characterised by their informed enthusiasm for its subject matter. Fanzines are usually non-profit making. Fanzines are often self-published and have a limited distribution. They are distributed via gigs independent record shops or even mail order. Any charge or cover cost for the fanzine is usually there to cover the cost of actually producing, printing and distributing the, the fanzine. So no profit is made. Fanzines are often characterised by the fact that they target a very specific niche audience. Usually the audience of a fanzine share this enthusiasm and interest in a specific local scene or development or underground movement or even a particular artist or band. An important key word for you to think about is autonomy. It can be argued that fanzines or even fan websites offer the journalist autonomy. They are free from any commercial pressures. They don't have to conform to the same strict regulations of a journalist who works for a mainstream music magazine. So we can argue that the producers and writers of fanzines are autonomous. So you can see it isn't just the subject or the content of a fanzine that make it different from mainstream music press. They can have different, often smaller audiences. They don't have the same distribution networks. Producers of fanzines aren't interested in making money and they don't even have to worry about generating enough advertising revenue to support its production. They can be described as autonomous. Fanzines are an alternative to the traditional music press and they often fill a gap that many fans feel is missing in the mainstream coverage.
so now we know what a fanzine is, how it's published, distributed and who the audience is, like-minded readers. Remember to think about how many argue fanzines fill a gap in the market. Who would you design a fanzine on? Would it be a particular artist, a genre or a local scene? Let's start thinking about what design decisions you would make. What are the codes and conventions of fanzines? One of the most important codes and conventions of a fanzine is its subjective mode of address. Often the style is very personal and there may be a clear identifiable bias. Writers in fanzines can be overly enthusiastic or even the other way very very critical. There are often vitriolic rants. The style of a fanzine is very amateurish. It doesn't have the glossy production values of the mainstream music press. Many argue that a fanzine allows for more opportunities for like-minded fans to unite. There's almost a community spirit, a sharing of knowledge. It is this interactivity that often accounts for a fanzine's success. So remember, it's not only important for you to understand the codes and conventions in case you are asked to design your own fanzine, but it's also important to understand the role of fanzines in the development of the music press. Think about how important fanzines are. They're almost a forerunner to the use of the internet today with places on the internet like MySpace. Vision 1 podcast, one of the most influential fanzines was Sniffing Glue. Sniffing Glue was one of the first fanzines to document the emerging punk scenes. For more information about Sniffing Glue, go to Wikipedia or to the website www.towerblog.co.uk Like we would expect from a fanzine, Sniffing Glue had a very conversational mode of address. There were often expletives, lots of grammatical and spelling errors. There was a great personal use of language with the use of slang. It really did emphasise the punk ethic of the late 70s and this DIY culture. Sniffing glue filled a gap in the market because the mainstream press were very slow to catch on to how popular and how punk was growing as an alternative music scene. Punk had a clear subcultural identity.
mentioning the internet at this point. The function of a fanzine has now been transferred to this electronic medium. Over the past few years, we've seen a proliferation of fan-produced websites, podcasts. These e-zines or webzines have escalated in popularity. Official sites like MySpace offer information and direct links to sources such as Napster. The internet is a really important development into how we consume music and music related information. as some of these early fanzines we've talked about. They have forum pages, chat rooms, where communities are established. Again, the key word is interactivity. And because of the internet, we can even explore back catalogues, old issues of Crawdaddy and Bomp, even sniffing glue, some of these early fanzines. Not only does the internet allow for interaction, but it also creates immediacy, something which audiences really like. 